1: At this point, yeah. You, you can only be single if it's you're going as single as a Halloween costume. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> the only way I see it happening for you. I'm dyking
0: out, you're out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about.
2: Hi and welcome to Dyking Out, a podcast that hopes to the goddess that you voted blue up and down the ballot to bring this chapter of the American Nightmare to an end. I'm Carolyn Bergier and I'm Melody Kamali and today we are Diking out with each other about Halloween, which was totally planned and had nothing to do with Mercury and Retrograde slash 2020 bullshit slash multiple audio fails uh, with our scheduled guest for the week. All right. So here's what happened. We recorded the guest interview. Then we did the banter days later. Then the universe homophobically conspired against us. And now we're recording this very recently, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. <laughs> hours. <laughs> hours before the deadline. Uh, to not leave our lovely U-Haulers without an episode this week, which may or may not be a turducken of shit shows. Not this episode. I think this episode going to be all right. It's the week that I'm worried about. So it'll be nice, hopefully, to have an escape and think about the better times, like Halloween. But first, some announcements.
1: It is officially the holiday shopping season, and we just want to remind you that we do have an Etsy shop with gifts that let everyone know just how hard you're dyking out. Indeed. Also, thank you to everyone who does follow us on Instagram. We did it. We hit 10K followers. That means we can swipe up. Oh, and you know we've been using that already. Almost exclusively swipe up content on our stories. We're drunk with power. And as promised... We have done a TikTok dance to celebrate hitting 10K on a different platform on Instagram. And you can head right over to TikTok at Diking Out
2: Podcast to see our first ever post as promised. I love that I've been saying at Diking Out Pod for maybe... 30 episodes now when it's actually been at Diking Out Podcast. Yes, we just learned this. All <laughs> along. That's how much time we've been spending on TikTok, but we've got the TikTok fever. We literally just did it together. Guys. We got it on the first time, or that's the take you're getting. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, we did it, but we're together. We're recording together yes. for the first time since March. Yes, let it's it be very known. crazy.
2: So I drove all the way to Melody's just to TikTok in person because we knew that if we had to do some type of weird compilation from afar, it was never going to happen. So it was like, all right, let's do this. We've been promising it for a while and there's no way, uh, like some of the other things we promised, we can't delay this one. This one we have to follow through (laughs) Uh, or else no one's ever going to listen to us again. So yeah, this is my first time, Melody, at your apartment. What do you think? Loving it, loving it. A lot of pictures of my mom around. (laughs) Yes, lots of pictures of your uh, mom around, which we'll talk about soon. (laughs) Because I did also technically meet Mrs. Kamali last night, but we'll get into that in just a second. So, uh, we also want to call your attention to a very important fundraiser that one of our past guests, Erica Rose from our lesbian sex scene episodes has been working on. And it is called the Lesbian Bar Project. We already used that for one of our swipe ups on Instagram, but if you missed the story, we'll post to it again. And uh, you can go to lesbianbarproject.com to watch the PSA narrated by Leah Delaria and help support the 15 remaining lesbian bars in this country. Only 15. Think of how many bars exist. On a Tens given of block. Yeah. <laughs> Tens of thousands of bars in this country and only 15 of them are lesbian bars and they are all in trouble because of the pandemic pandemic. So, the Lesbian Bar Project is trying to help raise funds their way, and we hope to be collaborating with them more to see how we can help save our lesbian bars. You know, as we were talking about this melody, we were reminiscing about are fond memories of lesbian Lesbian bars bars. of past. And more importantly, lesbian bartenders. Yes. I mean, my favorite lesbian bartender was not, in fact, a lesbian. (laughs) I don't even know if she identifies as queer. I think maybe at one point she said that she was perhaps bisexual. but She seems
1: bisexual. She seems
2: bisexual. She's a burlesque dancer. And how do I
1: know this? Because Carolyn and I spent about... It felt like an hour (laughs) just reminiscing about... Gay and or straight and or potentially probably queer lesbian bartenders of our past, yes. sending just finding pictures of them, doing deep dives and sending each other our past crushes
2: over the last decade. It had been a while. It had been a while since I was looking up my old favorite bartender. Shout out to Jamie who goes by Mistress J Kiss. I believe is her burlesque name. She does Buffalo Burlesque. And since I started going to this bar called Roxy's, which is no longer there, but Roxy's was my first safe space. And it was the first place I could go to and feel like myself and feel okay and like I had... A place to go. It was like the only bar I went to where I felt normal for years. Like throughout college whenever I came back home for the summer I would have to go to Roxy's and I would have to have Jamie make me a ridiculous ridiculous drink that nobody ever orders like I was ordering like slippery nipples and like <laughs> like just those stupid cocktails that are on posters in college dorm rooms <laughs> you know that have like the periodic table of oh my god drink, yeah. whatever that's the kind of garbage I was ordering and she'd be like okay but you're gonna have to tell me what's in it and how to make it because You're the only person who's ever or everyone else is just getting like scotch and soda. (laughs) That is a good tactic to maximize your time with your lesbian bartender.
1: Because I don't know about you, but I savored that probably minute interaction I would have once a week, at least with my formative lesbian partner partners, (laughs) (laughs) with my dyke lesbian bartenders. I soaked it up. And I I should have been ordering complicated drinks that I had to explain just to maximize that time. Just to have more FaceTime.
2: Yeah, yeah. uh, Couldn't get enough FaceTime. I mean, we would go really early in the night, one before anybody was checking IDs at the door, but also when nobody was there, then Jamie could just talk to us and uh, hang out for a little bit. I am dreaming of a post COVID future where
1: we can gather in bars, but I need a lesbian cheers situation.
2: Yes. We need to start going once everything's back to normal, we're going to be going to gingers. We're going to be going to Henrietta Hudson. We're going to be going to cubby hole Just making appearances and buying drinks. High five, Ricky Lake at the cubby hole. Yes,
1: as we learned from Mo Welch's episode, she—it's not just us that are losing the lesbian bars. Ricky Lake's out there with nowhere to go. We
2: need to save our lesbian bars. Yes, for uh, out of work talk show hosts, you know. I want to see Sally, Jesse, Raphael at Henrietta Hudson. Yeah,
1: she'd go there. I want to see
2: Sally, Jesse, Raphael shooting pool at Henrietta Hudson. I want to see Oprah at Ginger's. (laughs) (laughs) She's still working. I I guess we want to see Oprah
1: there. I want to see Kristen Stewart at the woods. I feel like she'd go to to the woods.
2: Ellen Page at Metropolitan. I mean that's not a that's more oh, that of a gay happened. boy bar now, but that used to be yeah. her her haunting ground. So save the lesbian bars. What else? Save our democracy. Oh yeah, do that too. This episode is dropping election day in these divided United mm. States of America and wow, I'm sure that we're just totally calm and cool and collected just taking it easy today and not worried about a thing because we know that all of our u-haulers voted and voted early and talked their friends and their family into voting and that we're gonna turn the uh, the senate blue and joe biden <laughs> well i don't know i don't know and, who knows um you know, next week we're going to record, and then we might not even know who's president or who has the Senate yet, because it does take a while to count all the votes, and with 2020 being the way it is, so there's not much to say about that. But until then, our butt cheeks are clenched, and we, along with you, are anxiously waiting the news. Anxiously. So anxiously. 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 <laughs> Well, let's talk about something that makes me a lot less anxious. Yesterday was Halloween. Happy Halloween, Melody. Happy Halloween, Carolyn. We did get to spend it together in a way. We did. You invited me to a Halloween Zoom party, and I made a costume. I crashed your theme that you were doing (laughs) with your girlfriend and her best friend. My lover, Allie,
1: works one-on-one with adults with autism for her day job she has for over the last decade. And there is one adult male with autism that she has really formed a special connection with. His name is Bradley. If you follow Allie on social media, you're very familiar with Bradley. Um, Allie started working with Bradley in Chicago 11 years ago. Um, They've slowly just turned into best friends. He is no longer her client. I mean, they are best friends for life. Allie's even gone as far as um, signing the papers to be his legal guardian. If and when something happens to his mom, he lives in a group home in Chicago. And, you know, just like all of us, COVID has really thrown our daily lives and our schedules for a loop. And especially the autistic community. Bradley has been really struggling with his daily routine suddenly vanishing. A lot of outdoor time being... You know, no longer an option. He can't see his mom anymore. And he's just gotten pretty sad, understandably, as a lot of us have over the last how many months. So, Halloween is Bradley's favorite time of the year. Allie, since she's moved from Chicago to New York, will fly back just to spend two weeks with him celebrating Halloween. Like, it is the biggest deal. They go to Fright Fest. They dress up in countless costumes. Um, she goes to his group home Halloween party, and they consistently win best costume. <laughs> it's always some kind of couples costume, like. And you can see pictures of that yeah. on Allie's Instagram. That's on and Allie's Instagram too, at a country Clayton. So Bradley's been really upset. He's actually been doing well. I mean, he's doing a lot better than I am, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> dealing with COVID. But you know, as we get closer, or as we got closer to Halloween. He's been struggling. He really wishes Allie was there or that we could all be doing our Halloween rituals together. So Allie planned an impromptu Zoom party um, where everyone was encouraged to dress up. Bradley loves costumes and also encouraged to bring their favorite knock-knock joke and their favorite cuss words. A few of his favorite things. Uh, swearing makes him laugh <laughs> very hard. Um. So Carolyn joined the Zoom party. It was truly the weirdest hodgepodge of people. It was Bradley's aunt, mom, my parents, um, Ally's family in North Carolina. We had some random comedians who Facetime with Bradley over the years. Carolyn
2: was there in the most badass costume. What I did know going into it was that it was going to be over Zoom and that Melody was going to be Buzz Lightyear, uh, Allie was going to be Jesse, and Bradley was going to be Woody. He picked these outfits out. Yes. So I thought, well, I should do something Toy Story themed too. And I'm like, what's a costume that I can do a homemade version of and and pull it together? And I thought of that creepy toy in the original (laughs) Toy Story that's under Sid's bed. It's like the baby doll face. The hair has been pulled out of the head. The one eye is missing. And then it's been like reattached to some type of weird robot thing. Yeah. Um, Kind of a deep cut. (laughs) See, I thought that maybe it scarred me when I first watched uh, Toy Story. But to me, that's the most memorable part of Toy Story. So I spent my entire day of Halloween making this. Leading up to a 45 minute Zoom party. Yeah, leading up to (laughs) a Zoom party. Not sure if I was, I had to make a run to Michael's. Uh, It involved like multiple bald caps, pipe cleaners, cutting up uh, pieces of cardboard, punching holes, wrapping them in tin foil using fasteners that looked like screws so that it was like operational All all of this stuff, I get into the Zoom late. I look horrifying. And (laughs) right away, I'm just asked what my favorite cuss word is. And I say, cunt. And then I'm asked to use it in a sentence uh, that's Halloween themed. And I said, that werewolf's cunt was delicious. And then I noticed that Mrs. Kamali's in the Zoom screaming. (laughs) And then, and then I'm like, wait, who else is in the zoom is Bradley's mom in the zoom. Like, is that too, uh, obscene for Bradley? Like, I don't know much about Bradley other than (laughs) that. He's quite autistic and I I don't even know how old he is. So I'm like, he's my age. Okay. Okay. Um, Wow. Yeah, so for a second, I'm like, did I just do something wildly inappropriate? (laughs) It's
1: just not one he hears a lot. Like, how his fascination slash obsession with cuss words started was just, like, going to the movies. Like, once, I remember one year we went to see Girls Trip in theaters with him, and, like, (laughs) Tiffany Haddish is just screaming, like, bitch this, bitch that, like, um a bitch baby. I remember that was a term. You a bitch baby and like he screamed left for like hours after. Like he had to walk up away from us in the theater. Thankfully we are the only ones except for one man who was annoyed in the theater and he had to move several rows from us cuz he couldn't contain his laughter. Like swears really excite him,
2: but it's like he doesn't hear cunt a lot in mm. movies cuz like Right, right. That's one they don't like to use much, but Yeah. Um, But it's my favorite curse word. So
1: Carolyn has no idea. She joins the Zoom late because she is just
2: so dedicated to this really impressive, very (laughs) terrifying costume. Which you might see on my Instagram. I might have archived it because honestly... it creeps me out so much. And when I see it, it, it really upsets me. So I don't know. I might keep it up until this episode comes out and then just pull it pull it down because I think it's upsetting other people too. I don't think it's just me being upset by it. Doesn't have as many likes as my usual. Usually a Halloween post for me, I'm, I'm racking it up. And this one, I think people, people were just like, oh God, why would fear. anybody do this?
1: I mean, I was... Fixated on you in the Zoom. I had it in gallery view, and I was just staring at you, genuinely. In character
2: the whole time, doing like the creepy doll grin yeah. on my face. But Bradley loved it. He was like, he was just. Except transfixed. he was like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, great. I'm glad I spent all day doing Like nobody realized who I was, uh, no. except I think one person was like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. I'm like, wow, I really it was just- a special ed teacher in the chat. Yeah, <laughs> really just came to this thinking it was going to be impressive. And everyone's like, what is this weird monster? So what you missed is that we're all going around like
1: what's your favorite swear word? Use it in a Halloween-themed sentence. We're all going around like, that bitch is gonna put a spell on you. Carolyn comes in hot. (laughs) Wow, that werewolf's cunt sure was delicious. (laughs) You come in so gay (laughs) and so swear word. Like, that is the ultimate.
2: (laughs) I know, and now... I'm sure I'm just like waiting for Mrs. Kamali to be like, Melody, are you sure you wanted to associate yourself <laughs> with this
1: degenerate? She blew it. As you guys might know, Carolyn has a big crush on my mom. And- I know. I
2: want I wanted to impress her with how classy I am, <laughs> with what a classy dyke I am, and I really messed it up. <laughs> you you did. It great. was also it was also your dad, which I thought it was Melody's sister. Because the name on the Zoom account was had my a, sister's name, Melissa yeah. Kamali, but it was my whole family. But and my it was sister like an, was
1: hiding because she was shy, so it was my parents in masks.
2: And yeah, he had like a old goblin mask on, so I couldn't <laughs> tell who was under it until he started speaking. I'm like, oh great, Mr. Kamali now also knows that I'm a dirty, dirty creep.
1: <laughs> oh, he loves it. He loves the stuff. He loves oh, the wow. swear words. Um, yeah, my, my family actually bombed. I don't know. Like, they... <laughs> my parents are too sweet to do any of that. Like there was a part of the party where we had to go around and say all the scary things that were going to happen to Bradley. He enjoys that too. Yeah. Um, We're like, Oh, a goblin's going to get you. This is going to happen. When we got to my parents, my dad was just like, Bradley, I love you too much. I don't want to uh, scare you. I can't (laughs) uh, scare you Bradley. (laughs) And then we're like, all right, mom, do you have something? And she's like, you're, you're such a badass. Like that was her like swear. Like she couldn't, that's the best they could do. And then we cut to my sister. And she's like, you know, they actually say that tonight the dead realm is as close to possible as the living realm. And it's like, sorry, my sister's a literal witch. And she this is, is she's like, so witchy. Yeah, like not spooky, scary. It's like, no, this is someone who reads wicked textbooks like they bombed meanwhile
2: <laughs> i'm like when you go to sleep tonight a cockroach is going to come and it's going to crawl into your ear and the only way it will come out is when you take a shit <laughs> <laughs> he loves it i am giving him nightmares uh, no he kept talking about you after <laughs> the zoom oh good oh good you, you really know, made an i really impression. did it did it all for for him and Allie. uh <laughs> Gave me a reason to dress up this Halloween. So I was glad. And we are going to be talking more about costumes later. Title of ep. What else? Uh, speaking of spooky things, well, we're going to record right after this and off topic talking about the haunting of Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that there was a terrible take on Bly Manor. And it was making the lesbians of Twitter very, very angry. And some queer person wrote a review of it that was saying that, like, it it wasn't, like, good for queers or for queer narratives and that it was full of tired tropes and all this stuff. I've just never seen, like, such a bad take from a queer person on queer media and everybody unanimously disagreed with it. And I, like, I don't know if this person was just trying to be contrarian, but every take in it was... Horrible. So, we're going to have over on our Patreon uh, a little conversation saying all the things we love about the haunting of Bly Manor. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, our patrons stay tuned for that. Hopefully, we'll get that up there soon. But another more interesting article that (laughs) you turned me on to, Melody. Yes.
1: (laughs) Let's talk about the stuff that really matters. Let's talk about great takes. Yeah, let's talk about great takes, um, making the rounds on the internet concerning our community. There is a study out, an actual study, we're calling it, published by the Spiritual Science Research Foundation and i'm sorry if you are looking for the article it, you are going to get a 404 message i think so much traffic went to their site that they had to take it down like traffic they unprecedented <laughs> traffic from how popular and viral this study was, it
2: was, says that the majority... I can hear the quotation marks around study when you say Yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm study. saying it very
1: much like <laughs> study. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if it was put out by the Spiritual Science Research Foundation, it's not much a study as it is satire to us. It's an article put out saying that the majority of gays are possessed by ghosts.
2: Which is exciting, uh, until you read a little bit more into it and you're like, oh, these people just hate gay people. Uh, but there were some interesting findings <laughs> in this study. Um, I'm going to just read this excerpt that <laughs> my eyes were drawn to. According to Pink News, the article also claims that queer people are more prone to murderous thoughts Parading around naked with each other and using bad words because the ghouls that possess them make them, quote, more susceptible to being influenced by negative energies, which give them thoughts to encourage them to display their homosexuality in a shameless and even aggressive manner. What part of that is wrong? So now I'm wondering, mm-hmm. am I possessed by a ghost? Right, right, right. Because and- uh, murderous thoughts, parading around naked with each other. Bad using ba- words. Bad words. That was the whole first 10 minutes of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and now we know why you're Possessed. <laughs> I mean, displaying my homosexuality in a shameless and aggressive manner, (laughs) dyking out, is that shameless (laughs) and aggressive enough for you? So I think it's pretty on the, the nose. And then this... Uh, this next part, if this doesn't say Melody Kamali, I don't know what does. Symptoms of demonic possession apparently include low energy levels, bouts of depression, <laughs> financial loss. <laughs> That's actually a meaner burn. Oh my burn God, than I <laughs>
1: Carolyn, you better not edit that out. You better Im- keep that in. And impulsive I have behavior right now because you just roasted me so hard. Uh, I when you said, that it said, said if financial this doesn't scream loss. Melody Kamali, I was like, is she really going to say? the depression and financial loss <laughs> she's not gonna go with the you know less offensive joke that that could be anyone in 2020 <laughs> it could be uh you, and you know did get cut
2: off there's one last part to that sentence Uh, Impulsive behavior. Impulsive behavior. It does scream Melody Kamali. No, I'm kidding, Melody. That doesn't sound like you at all. If it did sound like you, it would include uh, running into the bathroom to fart (laughs) in the presence of company that they haven't seen in seven (laughs) months. Full
1: disclosure, guys. I can't stop farting. And it's, you know, the 2020 way. Of course, I'm seeing... Carolyn Bergier for the first time since mid-March on a day where I cannot keep my butthole closed. And I'm telling you, I had a little wine at our Zoom Halloween party last night. And then I um, I overate some cookies. Allie made some healthy cookies, she called them. Um, Don't blame I didn't... this on Allie. <laughs> no, this is all Allie's fault. Because every ingredient she used was like a Stevia this... Uh, sugar substitute that, and erythritol that. You know, like she. We have all these leftover ingredients from when we were on the keto diet oh, <laughs> last no. year, and I don't know if you guys know this. Um, any kind of sugar alcohol, like sugar substitute, makes you fart in a very rancid way. Um, and I overate them.
2: I came over and I thought, wow, the Kamali Clayton household is very into candles and <laughs> yeah. blade. Fifty it candles, like all the windows are open. Lots of fragrance in here. Uh but no Melody was like, I need to get all my farts out before we do this TikTok.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I've gotten up a few times since we've sat down to start recording. Um and Carolyn. Yeah. I farted a couple of minutes ago while we were recording, too.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> I know. Not Now that you're hooked to your microphone, you can't run off to the bathroom. I guess that can be included in impulsive behavior. Is, yeah, guys. Is farting an impulsive behavior? Don't blame me. Blame the demon I'm possessed by, Okay. <laughs>
1: Low energy levels Bouts of depression Financial loss Impulsive behavior Rancid farts I feel so bad That was such a mean And unnecessary
2: roast It's (laughs) It's not not true You better
1: not edit it out
2: I'm gonna keep it in For full transparency Okay Feel free to avenge Melody's honor By roasting me In the comments (laughs) Other than being Obviously possessed By a ghost Melody What's the gayest thing You did this week
1: Well, it's been a pretty gay week. It is, after all, the week leading up to Halloween, which is gay Christmas. Um, So we celebrated in various ways. I have to say the gayest, though, was obtaining tickets to a drive-in Halloween drag show. Ooh. Yeah. I like the sound of that. You know, you would like the sound of it, and that's where it ends for me. It sounded good (laughs) in theory, but in classic 2020 fashion, it was... A nightmare. Uh, <laughs> it was pouring rain. Um, remember, I was g-chatting with you earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, I think we're going to this drive-in. I think it's in Queens. Yeah, yeah. It was in a random mall parking lot in Long Island. I don't know why I
2: thought oh, it was. Well, in that's Queens. a nightmare in itself.
1: Yeah. So I so you're at a strip mall in Long Island. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For drag. For drag. Um, and it's pouring rain, and no one. Well, first of all. I told you. I thought it was in Queens. I thought I knew there'd be restrooms or porta potties or something. Right. But I didn't realize I'd be driving over an hour out to Long Island and holding my pee for that amount of time. <laughs> then you drive up into the mall compound, and we're uh, there's a holding center. They told us to drive to the Sears part uh, <laughs> to wait to get tagged for our tickets to get checked and then it just took forever to this get like a in Trump the rally story. <laughs> <laughs> it was like we had to wait in the Sears area and then the Macy's and then you can finally watch it in the JCPenney se- like something wow. like that. You know how there's different lots yeah. in these big malls. Um So I couldn't hold it any longer. I had to run out of the car, and in front of a line of a bunch of cars, all with their headlights on, uh, had to just pee. In the rain? In the rain. Oh, my God. In front of lots of cars, okay? That's how we started off. And then we drive up, and we realize we were the last ones there. Like, we were in the last possible row. And from my understanding, there was a tropical storm that night, normally there, you have your stage if there's a drag in live performance. Yeah. This is my first drive in since childhood, by the way. Okay. So um, there's two projectors, right. right? Big screens. Yeah. And those typically pretty high, so you can watch them, right? You'd think. Um, somehow we have the drag performance stage we can kind of make out from the last possible row in the small parking lot we're in. Um, <laughs> but the two screens on either side of it are somehow lower than the stage, <laughs> like we couldn't even see the screens that are meant for uh, those far away to watch. And what? it was because we're assuming the tropical storm winds were so high that, that they couldn't, have they the couldn't, up. yeah, right. yeah,
2: they would have blown over, so they
1: were not mounted at, at all, like. Like we could see how high they could go, even from the mounting behind it, and they were like lower than the stage.
2: I don't know why they would have those events rain or shine. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we thought
1: it was going to be legitimate. It was put on by RuPaul's Drag Race, like it was. It featured like very a fish. Yeah, a very yes fish. Um. <laughs> oh, you said a fish. Very a oh, fish. I thought you were saying. I was like, very wow. Fishy. Carolyn's up with the lingo yes fish um fish dragged her is it yeah it's like if you're really fish you're very like female you know mm. like because of vaginas oh <laughs> um but yeah we couldn't see shit and everyone was taking matters into their own hands and, like, getting on top of their cars and just, like, almost being (laughs) pushed by the wind off of their... Like, it was sideways rain. Um, Everyone had their taillights on, which was the one rule. Like, so we couldn't even see because the light reflected off of, like, the rainy windshield yeah. was just red, and it was terrible. It was so funny, though. We're like, this is just how it is. Like, this is a good representation of this year. Wow. Like, this is the one thing we were going to do to get out and have fun. It The show was truly shorter than the amount of time it took to drive out there and wait in our different holding lots. Um,
2: <laughs> it was so bad.
1: But yeah, it was gay. Like yeah, so, that's that, that's very gay. It was very gay. I mean, very unfortunate. Commuted out there, and at least I got to see and hear um, Alexis Vanji Mateo. I saw Vanji, I saw Evie Oddly. I saw Asia O'Hara hosted it. I mean, you have to give it up to these queens. Like you're doing crowd work on cars. Like the host, right. Asia O'Hara is legitimately like, "How y'all feeling? How you doing? Like, ma- like, make some noise and like so- see those wipers go crazy." <laughs> yeah, we're beeping as applause, and then eventually there is a police, multiple police reports, and then the host had to be like, "Please refrain from beeping out of excitement. We're getting oh, wow. a lot of no- noise complaints." It's just so bad, but so hilariously 2020. Were they getting rained on or was the stage covered? They had to have gotten doused by the rain because it was horizontal rain that had to have been like pellets on the stage. Like it was super windy. It was a tropical storm. Um, And like they're in these five inch, six inch heels doing like dances, like very well choreographed dances and somehow not slipping and falling and hurting themselves so hats off to the yeah (laughs) queens all involved in the dragon in in the drive-in drag show gayest thing of the week for sure doesn't have to be enjoyable
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good lesson (laughs) yeah (laughs) what about you carolyn What's the gayest thing of your week You know, other than showing up as the least sexiest person to Zoom Halloween (laughs) party uh, (laughs) and then keeping it truly creepy on Halloween, the gayest thing that I did this week, I think was that I tweeted at Cara Delevingne.
1: Oh, my God. Wait, I don't know about this. Well, yeah, that's because you're
2: never on Twitter, Melody. I know.
1: (laughs) I made one tweet. Yeah, <laughs> in the last month, I would just like to
2: say. Well, I'm not going to congratulate you <laughs> if that's what you think. <laughs> yeah, I. It would have been more gay if she wrote back. Was I fishing for a like and some recognition from Kara Delevingne here? Maybe, but this was when uh, Amy Coney Barrett was officially appointed as a Supreme Court justice for a uh, life long mm. term. Life so life. I tweeted, don't panic. We just need Amy Coney Barrett to hang around Cara Delevingne a few times, then she'll turn gay and maybe get a clue. And then I added to that, CC Cara Delevingne, please take one for the team. <laughs> and then former intern Karina replied to that and said, "Take the L, Cara." <laughs> So I think that's the gayest thing I did. That's the gayest thing. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, pleading with Celesbians to help save our democracy. The Celesbian. <laughs> yeah. The the magic Celesbian that births all the other Celesbians. Our greatest weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I doubt Kara will be picking uh, me up on that challenge, but you never know. Sometimes you just got to throw stuff into- Plant some seeds. The universe- All right. I know we covered it a little bit, but let's talk more in general about Halloween. Melody, are you ready to dike out just the two of us? Let's do it. Let's go. All right. We just can't tell uh, Allie or Cecilia that we spent today diking out together. No, just the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, yeah, Halloween, as you said earlier, it is gay Christmas. And I feel like the gays do it differently. Like if we're gonna be, uh, it, please excuse us for being binary for a moment, but I feel like the the gay boys do it very differently than the gay not boys. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good way to put it? Than than the bois, yes, um, yes. It's a lot less glitter. Yeah, I feel like whenever I see pictures of my gay cis male friends doing Halloween, it's like everybody's doing sexy Halloween, whether or not they mean to. It just all looks really sexy on gay men because they're covered in in glitter. They're taking, they're just like doing the coolest renditions of costumes, like, have you ever seen a bunch of gay guys do a a group costume as, like, Wizard of Oz? It's the hottest thing you've ever seen.
1: Yeah, Friends of Dorothy, that's a good one, though. They have to.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of, oh, there's always a lot of sexy Mario and Luigi. That's a big... Gay guy couple costume that they make real slutty. They're just so good at being slutty, and I know that's problematic, but <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Look at look at Instagram. I'm sure there's a lot of examples. Even in 2020, they are finding a way to uh, have their bods exposed and make the sexy costumes look more fabulous and less ridiculous. Let's
1: hope there were a lot less group costumes this year, though, in 2020. (laughs) That is uh, against CDC guidelines. Um, One group costume I'll never get over that was, in its intent, supposed to be the opposite of sexy, but was very sexy to me as a viewer. And I am, of course, talking about the group costume of DNA in the 1999 Never Been Kissed when the group of nerds showed up to the school dance as <laughs> strands of DNA, a strand of DNA together. And Lily Sobieski took her jumpsuit off and revealed like a bodycon royal blue.
2: Do you remember? I don't remember and I can't believe I don't remember because I love Lily Sobieski.
1: It's so good. It's a group costume I think of every year. Have you
2: ever been in a group costume? Well, other than my attempt at being a group costume with your toy story, I haven't done, or at least I can't remember any big group costumes I did. What's coming to mind for me is work costumes, which became like at the last office job I had, they would have the different offices, like satellite offices, Um, kind of compete against each other for Halloween and there were individual prizes. But our office was so small that the person who spearheaded the effort at our office, which wasn't me somehow, I don't know. I thought that I would have been like de facto in charge of Halloween, but there was one person who was even more into Halloween than me. So she wanted us to all dress on a theme and then decorate the office as that theme so that was kind of like a group like the biggest group costume that I could do and that was the one where last time I did it I was the Riddler and it was like this Marvel versus DC theme and my boss dressed up as Catwoman uh, Michelle Pfeiffer version of Catwoman (laughs) and pulled it off almost too well and it was uh, a little bit distracting left an impression (laughs) yeah but yeah I do have to give I mean I've seen I I think one of the worst group costumes that I've seen queer women do is Orange is the New Black that's a boring group costume people All right, it's all the same costume
1: (laughs) too easy actually if you did um, Orange is the New Black as their flashbacks you know,
2: like oh, who they were before wow. they joined.
1: I like that idea. Yeah, it's a good idea for next year.
2: That's a good one for when you're hanging out with your uh, diverse group of friends in New York, <laughs> and yeah. you show up without a costume, and then you just say, "Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> I'm a flashback," we're <laughs> or just new black flashbacks. That's great. <laughs> Except one person has to dress up as Alex Voss. Yeah. <laughs> I've loved Halloween since I was a little kid, because for me, being able to dress up as something outside of traditional clothing that kind of like I felt like a weirdo. And then this let me be the weirdo I want to be without it being weird to everybody else. OK, interesting.
1: I had the opposite experience where I'm not saying I wasn't a weirdo. I was a huge weirdo and I definitely stuck out 365 days of the year. So every Halloween as a kid, I just wanted to be feminine. I was a (laughs) mustachioed kid with a unibrow and um, fuzzy little beard, almost. Uh, So every year I would just ask my mom to cake makeup onto my face, cover my (laughs) facial hair, and just give me a dress, and let me just be a pretty little girl. (laughs) Because, <laughs> you know, just give me that one night of the year where I can blend in. But, of course, I'm not blending in. That's when everyone chooses to draw on a mustache. And suddenly i right. sticking out <laughs> for the opposite reason.
2: Yeah. That was me looking to, you know, a uh, chimney sweep from <laughs> Mary Poppins, uh, a pirate, scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. I was Brad Pitt from Interview with a Vampire, I remember. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some of them, but I really enjoyed the opportunity to gender bend a little bit on Halloween. Um, what What's the worst costume you ever had? Um,
1: that would have to be a Limp Biscuit Girl <laughs> <laughs> from the Roland
2: music video uh we did talk about this in our you halloween show we and did only... i showed a picture at the you halloween show yeah that was at the end with whoever stuck around and i think our listener dario is the only one who had any the idea what you one. were talking about
1: <laughs> yeah gen z listeners have no idea what i'm talking about
2: um do you remember? <laughs> no, to me, I mean, you showed the picture of the Roland video, and then I saw it. But when you first showed me the costume, I'm like, did you dress up as a dyke? Because I it's look, literally Melody wearing a long-sleeve white shirt and then a puffy vest, and, like a down vest. And like a visor, a red visor
1: or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look like a lesbian. And you, like
1: baggy swishy pants. Yeah, that was the Limp Bizkit girls all dressed like Limp Bizkit
2: from the band Limpisk
0: Bizkit. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's who it is.
2: <laughs> it, it looks like you are a middle-aged lesbian who just went on a hike in November. Yeah, honestly,
1: it's the gayest I've ever looked.
2: <laughs> it really is. I've Middle never school. seen a butcher picture of you. <laughs>
1: yeah. then, then what I'm Limbiscuit. talking about. <laughs>
2: Rolling uh, one. Um, that had to have been the worst I think my worst was when I went as Carmen Sandiego. So a big thing for me when I was younger was that uh, the costumes, because I was growing up in Montreal and then Buffalo. So you're trick-or-treating in 30-degree weather by October 31st. (laughs) And my parents, you know, they didn't want me to get sick or anything. So it had to be a costume where I could layer up and have a coat. So, my dad gave me the idea one year to be Carmen Sandiego. And uh, apparently, Carmen Sandiego wasn't that popular of a <laughs> in, like, child. Pop I guess culture not up there. Huge yeah. for me in my area. See, a lot of people didn't know. Like, I had the computer game that I played all the time. And then, you know, there was the TV show and everything. Uh, basically, the costume was like a hat. Uh, like a brimmed hat, and then my mom's trench coat, like not even the right color, and then my mom's pair of gloves, and then my dad printed out on his inkjet printer, which was like a novelty at the Huge. time. Yeah, uh, a sign that said "Where in the world is Carmen San Diego?" and taped it to my back. Um, <laughs> Just... But he, but he only did that because at the parade at school during the day, everybody was like, "Who are you?" And I kept telling people Carmen San Diego, and nobody knew what I was talking about. So I was upset when I got home. <laughs> and then he taped that on my back. And that's how I went trick-or-treating. That's like the year I went as Francine from Arthur. Okay. (laughs) Another big
1: PBS player. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) um, If you know the cartoon, it's a very basic... I mean, it's a red sweater, jeans, and two hair
2: clips. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The gall to be upset that no one knew what I was. (laughs) Right. I think I should have just said I was three kids in a trench coat uh, because that's more... (laughs) Yeah. What I looked like, I always thought like the more... Creepy. I mean, as you can tell by this Halloween, the more creepy or unlike myself that I could look, the better. So that's when, when I got older, when I started like really going uh, full on. Oh, one year I painted myself um, like Van Gogh's Starry Night. Oh wow! <laughs> and I painted my whole face, um, my chest, my shoulders, my arms, everything. Like a Van Gogh, and I went through school the entire day like that. With my Starry Night <laughs> costume, I do think part of it was I may or may not have been sucking up to my art teacher that I may or may not have had a little bit of a crush on now that I think about it. Oh my God. Did
1: every queer kid have a crush on their art teacher? Because I was hot for Miss Zapata in the fifth grade. Miss Zapata.
2: She was my Miss Honey. No, that's more of a maternal. Yeah, mine. Mine was just like really nice. I mean, she she was a pretty lady, uh, but it wasn't like she wasn't like hot or anything. But she was just so nice and so sweet, and all I wanted was to impress her all the time. And yeah. I was one of those kids that just, like, loved adults and just wanted adults to love me, which uh, Sarah Paulson, I saw, came out. uh, I I don't know what interview it was, but was talking about how, like, she bonded with her English teachers and they were, like, very there for her as a kid and her support network. So that's part of why she's always kind of gravitated toward um, older people. Oh. Interesting, right?
1: Yes. Checks out. Yeah, I was on Instagram looking at
2: Halloween posts, and
1: um, I don't know if you've seen how we were dispersing the candy to the trick or treaters this year. Yeah, no. fun, creative ways. <laughs> My cousins in Connecticut um, were giving candy to trick or treaters by holding out like a long fishing net kind of thing, <laughs> and just like keeping a lot of distance. I saw some people set up a slide down their front porch. Love it. Like a little like tunnel that they drop the
2: candy through and the kids would hold their bags at the bottom of it. I love that.
1: It's so cute.
2: I would love a candy slide. That's how it should be all the time. Nobody I needs know. to get up that close. <laughs> it's different living in New York and doing Halloween. Like when I was in Brooklyn and I had a stoop people in my neighborhood, everyone sits down on the stoop and the kids come by and like droves and you're out of candy in like 10 minutes. Uh, but then ever since moving to Queens and being in an apartment building, they have to be buzzed in for the yeah. kids just trick or treat at the local stores. So
1: yeah, we don't try anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> two Halloweens ago when we were in Bed-Stuy, We thought, because it was kind of residential, that some kids would stop by. Allie got so much candy. She dressed up as a pumpkin. She made a sign on our window. We were on the first floor, front-facing, saying, like, buzz this for candy. Come on, trick-or-treaters. Not one person came. She waited all (laughs) night with the windows open, just staring out at the street. Uh... Eventually, someone rang our doorbell. It was our upstairs neighbor who wanted specifically a Milky Way bar and if we didn't, she would leave Uh, (laughs) it's just so sad we don't do that here
2: In our building, there are are people on my floor who are big AOC supporters. I I think they worked on her campaign. And they have this AOC poster on their door. And then they left out a bowl of candy on a stool in front of their uh, apartment door all week. And then they had a sign downstairs that said, if you want to safely trick or treat, you can come up. And we've left out a bowl but then when you go up there uh, it also has a sheet with like all the information you need for early voting and then it had a bottle of Purell (laughs) and then the bowl of candy and like yeah this is a 2020 in a nutshell. Like, yeah. Election, stress eating, Purell.
1: <laughs> I have been stress eating. I mean, we already mentioned this up top, Carolyn. I can't believe I really blew it, quite literally blew hot air out of my butt. <laughs> like, I haven't seen you. <laughs> this was a huge event. Hadn't seen you since early March. And It had to be right before the election when I'm stress eating so much sugar-free chocolate and (laughs) farting my face off. (laughs) Really sorry about that.
2: (laughs) It's okay. I'm so starved to be around uh, actual humans that I don't mind if I have to sit in a cloud of farts to make that happen. (laughs) What's your favorite Halloween candy? Ooh. A hundred grand. Minis, uh, I don't know why those are hard to be- come by. What a terrible one to have be your favorite. You could you could trick or treat a whole neighborhood and Maybe never get a hundred. That's 100 why they're my
1: favorite because they're really Maybe. like a rarity. And I got so excited. I mean, they're delicious. They are delicious. Yeah, that's my favorite. What about you?
2: For sure, Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Butterfingers second. Just cause a Butterfinger is something like I would never eat any other time. <laughs> other that's than- true. All of it
1: frozen, though. I actually should go get some discount (laughs) because it is the day or two days after
2: (laughs) as we record this panic episode. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like doing haunted houses
1: around Halloween?
2: I love haunted houses.
1: And normally I'd be coming back from a trip to Chicago where we would go with Bradley, who we discussed. Um, It's a part of the two-week Halloween celebration tradition. Um we go to this farm like 40 miles, 50 miles outside of Chicago, um, Gilbert's farm. And they have a haunted house there that is so great. I like the farm, like the not the they don't need to be like six flags level. I just like a kitschy kooky haunted house.
2: Yeah. When I was younger, I was definitely really into haunted houses and I would make uh, my basement into a haunted house and I would take um, black trash bags and then cut them open to make like faux walls and hang them to make like a path kind of maze Whoa. thing going around my <laughs> my basement and then have like scary things coming down or uh, people hiding to pop out under certain parts and, uh, yeah, try to make my house super creepy. I just loved everything creepy as a kid. I loved Halloween so much. I still do. Uh, I volunteered at a haunted house once for community service, and that sucked because people punch you when they're scared, and (laughs) uh, that's something I would never do again. Um, I think I'm used to Halloween being... um
1: Okay, I had a warped idea of Halloween because my grandpa, growing up in his retirement, worked at the front desk kind of reception at this club in Hartford called the Hartford Club. It's like a private men's club. It's a historic site. It's been around since like the late 1800s. Mark Twain was a member. Um, Who else? That sounds Uh, really scary, a men's club. Yeah, terrifying. (laughs) Very like just masculine, like the arm, the leather armchair, yeah, cigar room, um, old library, like just super scary in that way. But every year they had, um, a huge Halloween blowout party that was meant for the children of the club members. So like super rich kids (laughs) coming together and getting, you know, the best candy treats, entertainment, magic show, just like, all stops at like major Halloween celebration. So I thought that's what everyone experienced. And then, like as I got older, I realized I didn't belong there. And then I like developed a <laughs> complex with Halloween where it's like, I'm not rich enough to celebrate Halloween. Like it was very weird. <laughs> but I do have fond memories of these really extravagant Halloween parties like they would, I mean, it's haunted in itself. It's like a very old historical building, um, but they would really make it scary. Um, So I had the, you know, literal, scary, freaky Halloween stuff, but then like the scariness of um, class structure (laughs) in this country. (laughs) And, you know, all of that scary stuff thrown (laughs) into. Maybe that's why I don't go all out for Halloween anymore. There's some like, deep seated shame.
2: Yeah, as we got older as kids, Halloween starts to change. And then in high school, that's when it starts to be like, you know, when do you stop trick-or-treating? When is it, like, not okay anymore? When are you too cool to wear a costume? Which I never felt that. I was still like, I'm like, nope, wearing a costume every year. But my first girlfriend who I started dating, I guess I started dating maybe... Officially after Halloween But we were hanging out a lot And I was We were both 17 And she was still trick or treating Wow With her friend at 17 And I was like really embarrassed about that I was like you shouldn't be Was you she flat
1: chested? <laughs> no <laughs> I mean I say that Because I was a very early developer And it's like It What's felt like boobs? Halloween you was can't being go <laughs> Like my boobs came in So fast and so big. And it was still, I was on the cusp, you know, of socially acceptable trick or treat. I still had some years left. Yeah. And I felt like it was being yanked away from me. (laughs) And stuffed in a bra... Like, I... Sorry. Well, <laughs> was yeah. weird to ask, but I felt like that played into it for me. No.
2: So once your boobs came in, then you were finally what? Feeling like feminine enough that you didn't have to dress up as a bride? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's or it. Or a biscuit girl. <laughs> or a princess. Or. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah no she wasn't flat chested but I mean her and her friend they would just like paint their faces and throw a hoodie on and go door to door and get candy but I'm like we met at work you have a job you can buy your own candy (laughs) don't go door to door that's and and I'm sure she did I mean I wouldn't be surprised if she's still trick-or-treating now uh to be honest (laughs) yeah Probably. Especially this year, now that everybody's in masks, she'll see what she can get away with, uh, is my guess. I don't know. Uh, And then, so then that became more like, okay, for Halloween, you just like go to a friend's house or somebody has uh, a party. And that's when it starts migrating to dressing to impress other people. Yeah, people trying to dress. Sexy or worrying about how cool you look, and then also the possibility of hooking up with people while in costume. <laughs> have you ever hooked up with somebody in costume before? <laughs> no, I was no. such a late
1: bloomer that hooking up in high school wasn't even a thing, really. <laughs> like, I, yeah,
2: I mean, I wasn't hooking <laughs> up in a costume in, in high school, no, but in college, a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't
1: think I've ever hooked up in costume.
2: I know in college, I like definitely made out while in costume. But like when I was dating someone and like went home with someone uh, by that point, you're just kind of like drunk and tired. And yeah, then, like the costume comes off before anything sexy goes down. <laughs> if anything I'm, sexy goes down. I mean, I did date someone with a lingerie
1: fetish. So, I felt like I was constantly actually hooking up in costume. And this was when I was <laughs> dating a guy who used to initiate sex by saying, "Do you want to dress up? You want to play dress up?" <laughs> and so, I guess that's the wow, creepiest. I don't know what Halloween's weird
2: for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm learning a lot in the moment of my, my aversion <laughs> to Halloween. <laughs> my class confusion, my orientation confusion. <laughs> <laughs>
2: dark dark times yeah yeah man um well okay so you're not that into to dressing up we talked candy we had a whole episode about sapphic horror but i know that this past halloween we both watched scary movies yes i watched midsummer i watched midsommar i don't know how the right way to say it
1: yeah me neither I've heard Samar, though. Um, I still haven't seen that. That's been on the list. I watched Jennifer's Body um, because I did sign up for a free trial of Stars so I could watch even more Nexium documentary content, and I saw (laughs) Jennifer's Body on the home screen there. So I had to click on it after Emily Danforth discussed it on the sapphic horror episode. And what'd
2: you think? So slow. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. Uh, It was hard to stay with. And I don't think it did that well in box offices either. I later looked it up. So what's the big deal? <laughs> Am I missing
2: something? I think it's just Megan Fox is the big deal.
1: To me, Amanda Seyfried's the big deal. That was a huge turning point crush where it was like, I like women. <laughs> yeah? I had such a crush on Amanda Seyfried, yeah. What started that for you? Like, um, what- um, What was that show? Well, Veronica I noticed- Mars? No, I noticed her in Mean Girls. And then my sister watched Veronica Mars. Maybe I would, like, catch her in that. But then, like, Big Love.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, Mitzmar is not queer except for this one part where it's just a lot of naked women moaning together, which now sounds very queer, (laughs) as I'm saying it, but it's not an inherently queer movie. And the whole first... I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of it, Cecilia kept checking in with me and being like, this is a scary movie? Wait, we're watching a scary movie, right? I'm like, yes, yes, come like, down. It's sunny. Why is it sunny? <laughs> I know. She's like, it's daylight, and there's flowers, and they're in a field. I'm confused. I'm like, I know it's supposed to get creepy, and then when the first, like, super graphic thing happened, uh, she looked away for, like, 30% af- of the movie after that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good uh, a good Halloween watch. I love watching a movie Halloween night. Yeah. Um, after the kids
1: go to bed, you know. <laughs> tuck them in. And by that I mean Allie um, went to bed <laughs> so early and I had to watch it alone Halloween night after our party.
2: So you and Allie... Dressed up. Well, see, that was more of a group costume. That wasn't really a couple's costume. Oh, that's right. I guess Bradley I have was to. Involved. Yeah.
1: Every year, Bradley chooses um, the costume, him and Allie. Uh, him and Allie do a couple's costume every year. That's why I never have with Allie. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, She's already taken.
1: Yeah. they. It's usually kind of Disney-themed, like um, their Beauty and the Beast, Um but Snow yeah,
2: White.
1: yeah, yeah. That one was cute. One year he he just needed to go as Michelle Obama, so I don't think she was in a couple's costume. It was like she just dressed up as a superhero that year or something because he just yeah. like, needed to be Michelle Obama, <laughs> and he didn't do blackface. No, nope. he printed out a mask of her face and put it on top of his, and that's how you do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bradley, this year I was surprised. I would have thought that he wanted. To be Buzz and Allie to be Woody or something. But I think because of her accent, um, and you know, she wears cowboy boots every day, anyways. She was Jesse, he was Woody, and I was Buzz.
2: I've done the couple's costume thing a few times. The first time I did it, I was Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill in the yellow. Oh, yeah. And then my girlfriend at the time was um, Daryl Hannah's character, the nurse with the eye patch. Oh, wow. Over the eye. So that was kind of hot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just, I need to look it up to refresh. Like, I know it's hot.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was basically buying a nurse outfit, which you can't buy a not sexy nurse outfit for Halloween. And then uh, and then getting like a white eye patch and putting a, a red cross over it. Yeah. And that was the costume. And I think that would have been a really hot and sexy night in college for me if we uh, weren't constantly fighting uh, over that person being very jealous of me talking to anyone else. So well, yeah. that kind of <laughs> hurt that a little what bit. But A witch. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. I love, I love doing a couple's costume and even uh, like, Outside a relationship, I'll always try to find a friend to go in on something with me because I feel like there are so many opportunities and it's so much more fun if you have somebody else in on it uh, with you. And in uh, when I lived in Atlanta, I went as Juno, as in the Ellen Page movie. And my guy friend was Polly Bleecker. And then uh, the year after that, I went as a Dexter victim, which was my most unflattering Halloween costume that I've ever worn. Really? uh, Because I was just mostly naked and strapped to a board with saran wrap uh, (laughs) around my body. And Saran Wrap isn't flattering or forgiving. It's hard to move around in. I said well. really because of this year's. I was like, you counting it? This
1: year's in that group. <laughs> <laughs> Truly terrifying. Like very yeah. good job. Like you're yeah. still haunting my dreams. It's a really scary costume. Okay. Th-
2: This year was definitely the least flattering one. Yes. uh, Having your eyebrows drawn on and wearing a bald cap will count for that. I just meant uh, the other one, you know, didn't show off any uh, curves of my body. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then... I wanted with my ex-wife to do couples costumes and she turned me down most of the time. One year I did convince her to be a Kroger, uh, the grocery store, um, that, with me. She
1: can't mean the only Kroger I know of.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kroger's, uh, Because the the Kroger's in Atlanta had names, like nicknames. So when you said what Kroger you were going to, it was like, oh, I'm going to murder Kroger or I'm going to disco Kroger. Uh, So I was murder Kroger and she was disco Kroger. Why were they called that? One it was had like, like a the community gave it that name?
1: Okay, yeah, you guys yeah. Called One had a that. disc.
2: No, it was kind of like community. Oh. Like most people in Atlanta, I think, knew of the different Krogers. Murder Kroger has like a Wikipedia page. That's definitely a thing because there were dead bodies found. I think a couple times in the parking lot. Uh, Yikes!
1: Kroger is um, where I witnessed my dad. Um, have, like, kind of overt racism towards him right when he moved down to the South. That's, like, a Southern chain, right? The Kroger's? Yeah. 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 Um, It was like, oh, this is overt here. Like, coming from Connecticut, they live in South Carolina now, there was a Karen who blocked um, the dairy aisle and would not move her shopping cart until he eventually, like, gave up and walked away. Like... He was, my dad was like, can I just please? And she just wouldn't look at him. And she, I took my cell phone out to film her. This is before we were doing all this this year. This was uh, last fall or two falls ago. Yeah, two wow. years ago. Um, wow. So Kroger is spooky to me too. Uh- yeah.
2: I do have a not Halloween related Kroger story that's too good not to share. Uh, it didn't happen to me. It happened to my good friend. But one of the Kroger's... Which actually would have been fitting, but it wouldn't have been a costume really, was a gay Kroger. So the Kroger closest to me was the gay Kroger. And not just because it was closest to me. It was near the, the Hood in Atlanta. And uh, my friend went there and was checking out. And the guy in front of her was buying two things. And it was uh, a half gallon of ice cream <laughs> and a thing of extra large condoms. <laughs> and he was, like, looking around at everybody and being like, hey, how's it going? Hell and just kind of, yeah. like, nodding and smiling <laughs> at, like, all the women around and, like, winking at the the cashier. And then she was kind of being, like, flirty back. And my friend was, like, thinking, like, what a fucking creep. Like, who is this guy thinking that he's, you know, this Big, tall guy just winking at all the ladies while buying his extra large condoms. And then (laughs) so he goes and then the cashier says to my friend. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that was Charles Barkley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh -uh. My friend friend was Canadian and she had no idea who Charles Barkley was. (laughs) That's so funny. But a couple of weeks later, I went to Gay Kroger and I saw Charles Barkley there shopping, and he does kind of like smile and nod and he say does. hey to like everybody at the Kroger. No, he's got a very he's friendly just very face. Friendly. Yeah, he's very friendly at Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> but my friend she was like so disgusted. Like, who is this man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! Why do I have goosebumps? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, if you want to meet him, you know where to go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So we were Kroger's that one time. And then as everybody who attended the You Halloween show knows that uh, I asked my ex-wife to be a bush when I was Edward Scissorhands because I thought that that'd be such a gay costume. Just me with like, you know, my fingers being scissors. Mm -hmm. And then her as a bush, uh, just very gay. And she said, no, I don't want to be your accessory God, (laughs) terrifying. Which I think the bush is equally as great as a. I think that is a costume of equals. (laughs) Where would Edward Scissorhands be without his bush? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A year later, we were.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, friend of the pod, Glow Butler was a Edward Scissorhands this year too. I did did see that. Yeah,
2: past guests. One costume that, again, my ex-wife would not be a couple costume with was when I did uh, Dark Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But she mm. was really into how I looked as Dark Willow. And my phone did that thing the other day where Google Photos is like, here's a memory from X here's many years an ago. unsolicited memory. <laughs> Of a time you'd rather forget, uh, usually. But then these are just pictures of me as Dark Willow. So I showed Cecilia, and she said, can you just dress like that sometime? Oh, my God, Carolyn. So I think I make a hot Dark Willow. I think uh, ladies are into me when I wear a black wig and black contacts. Oh, my God. Get your LARP on. And have veins, right? That makes sense. I would clean up <laughs> at Dragon Con. <laughs> If I had only known, I could have been a, a single lesbian just living my best life. You can't be uh, single. <laughs> I know. That would be my master plan. I could see me being like, okay, I'm going to be uh, single. I'm going to make the best costume. I'm going to show up at Dragon Con and I'm going to get all the ladies and i yeah. uh, like a week before Dragon Con, I would be in a serious committed relationship and oh, like yeah. signing a lease with somebody. That's at this point, yeah. You you can only be single if it's you're going as single as a Halloween costume. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> the only way I see it
2: happening for you. Which it kind of felt like I was going as single when I was with my ex. Hey. <laughs> All right. No, just kidding. Uh She was also into Halloween, and I couldn't fault her for wanting to be her own thing that she was excited to be. That wasn't my idea. Yeah. I
1: do love Halloween. I want to get that clear and on the record. I'm just bad about the costume part of it. I like looking at everyone's costumes. I like watching scary movies. I like going to the farms. I love carving pumpkins. I like roasting the seeds from the pumpkins. I love Yes. Maybe it's autumn in general, but I I love Halloween. I just think I suck at costumes.
2: Halloween can be a spectator sport if you're straight. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, uh, yeah, a lot of people love Halloween, and they're just not really as into costumes, and that's fine, too. I mean, now, you know, there used to be a time in my life where I was like, every Halloween, I must dress up, and then... You know, the older I get, there are some years where I'm like, you know, maybe this year I take a a year off and I don't need to (laughs) go through the whole thing of trying to find a costume, trying to find the right party for the costume. That's a whole other thing. Important, yeah. Yeah. I think you found the perfect party this year. This year was definitely the perfect party. I don't think I could have gotten into any other party. Uh, Even if there wasn't a pandemic, I don't think anybody would have let me in looking the way I did the other night.
1: scary. I
2: was transfixed and staring at your little Zoom bubble. Like I
1: couldn't look at anything else. You're
2: so scary. I think a listener on Instagram said I gave them night terrors. Yeah. And that adds up. But when we were watching Midsummer, so it's all about this cult-ish place in uh, Sweden celebrating the Midsummer Festival, and then all these traditions. And when the movie was made, the director or writer uh, pulled from all these various traditions that he read up about from like different cultures to kind of create this uh, this movie, and obviously do like make it scary and I was joking with Cecilia afterwards and I was like oh would you ever want to live in a place like that and I said and she's like well there is something nice about the traditions and oh, no. having having <laughs> the cultures <laughs> emphasis on cult <laughs> yeah uh and uh, but th- but that's something like with halloween as as your witchy sister was mentioning <laughs> yeah. during the Zoom about the realm of the living and the realm of the dead being uh, closest together on that night. And that's like a whole other part of Halloween that I think, uh, especially as a queer person, that I'm very into. I'm very into thinking like the spirits are active and alive and the all the Wicca stuff with Halloween, all the witchy things... And, yeah, we were talking about, like, how can we incorporate more actual, like, rituals, not that result in people dying or anything like that, um, but into our lives. And I'm like, I think we just need to become pagan, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's the um, conclusion. That, that's my lesson from this year's Halloween is really fully embrace paganism. Uh, don't just flirt with it. Like you did in your teens, Carolyn. Just go full witch. And after this week, I might need to. Yeah, we'll see. Um, What about people who don't like Halloween? Have you ever met someone who's like, I hate Halloween?
1: (laughs) I don't think anyone would be dumb enough to say that out loud. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't think of uh, anyone I've ever encountered. I feel like it's the most universally loved, and maybe that's because there's no real religious attachment. It feels like an inclusive, at least, holiday. No?
2: You know what's funny? I was like, I know there's somebody in my life who hates Halloween, and I can't remember. Oh, wait, I do. They used to host this podcast with me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: whoops!
2: (laughs) That's the only person I know who truly, truly dislikes Halloween. I bet if you work in the service industry, Halloween is not fun, and that a lot of the joy of Halloween is taken out. I will say of all the holidays, though, in New York, to me, Halloween is, like, the least annoying one. Like, that's the one where... I like that everybody's out in costume and at bars in costume and things like that. Whereas like SantaCon, Saint Patrick's Day, I'm like, I hate everybody, just everybody.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> Go away. It, there's a wholesome element to it still. And yeah. like kids in costumes are still a focus. Like I went on a walk on Halloween and yeah. There's a stoop culture, you know, is huge and uh, the only option for uh, people in the community in Brooklyn around here to socialize. So just like families on stoops and the parents are all drunk and partying, but just like also making an effort to like celebrate the kids and their costumes and taking pictures like something still feels family oriented about it. Whereas a pub crawl with like 50 drunk Santas. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's not like booze isn't central to the holiday at all. Like, booze is the least important thing, I right. would say, of Halloween. It's not a holiday that's, like, just a reason to get drunk. At least yeah, it's fun. It
1: feels less debaucherous.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the best people
1: watching time of the year in the city. I mean, I literally used to get signed out of school. My friend's dad would drive us into the city to go to the West Village Um, Halloween parade. So drag queens in costume, just people in stilts, like really inventive, creative costumes.
2: I'm so sad that I've never been to the West Village parade, but it's mostly because I'm always just trying to scramble to put together the best costume that I can for Halloween that I, I do not make the parade.
1: Yeah, my first Halloween in the city. I actually was scrambling, and I was like nervous. I was going to go to a comedian's Halloween party that I got like secondhand invited to, and was feeling like just out of place and strange. I just like moved here, Um, so I was at like one of those pop up Halloween stores trying to find something last minute, and then just like calculated all the time I'd spend stressing out and getting ready, and then maybe showing up to it. Whereas I just like dropped the plan and stayed in the. City and walked over to the West Village and just like watched it by myself and had so much fun that I probably would have feeling weird in the corner of a party in a new city. It's the best.
2: I would actually say that going to a Halloween party is the best kind of party to go to if you don't know the people. That's true. Because I feel like it's so easy to go up and talk to somebody because you can always talk about what they're wearing
0: or... Right. Good icebreakers.
2: Yeah, good icebreakers, good jokes. You could just pretend that they're the thing that they're supposed to be and make a joke about that, whatever. Like, that was one of the hard things about moving to New York is that, you know, people live in smaller apartments, so not everybody can, like, throw a Halloween party. Like When I lived in Atlanta, it was like, oh, whoever had a house threw a big Halloween party (laughs) uh, at their house. And... Uh, In New York, it's, like, either you go to a a packed bar in costume or you have to find out, like, who has a big enough apartment that they're throwing a party. And it's always, like, a friend of a friend for me. So I usually only know, like, three people at the party. And I always have a great time because I'm like, oh, you could just talk to anyone here. Well... Shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> um, I think you did the right thing, Melody. You know, however you celebrate Halloween, you haulers, do your thing. Don't feel judged. Be you. That's the best thing about Halloween is more than any time you can a million percent be yourself, however that is, even if it's somebody who hates Halloween. Well, what do you say we get to our listener question now? All right. Let's help a dyke out. <clears throat> I met an amazing
1: woman a few weeks before the pandemic hit and felt intimidated by her and wasn't sure if she's queer or into me. Then we went on a hike together. Gay. Okay. Gay. <laughs> a week before lockdown and we kissed. We say nothing for the kiss. <laughs> you kiss? Eh. Uh,
2: hike gay. Yeah. A quick aside, hiking together with another person you think is queer is more queer than kissing someone of the same sex. Keep going. (laughs) Absolutely. I asked her out a little bit after
1: and she said yes, but we never went on a date because of the lockdown during which she temporarily moved. It's been half a year since the kiss. We've video called a few times since, and I always love talking to her. We always laugh so much, and I definitely still have feelings for her, but I don't know if I should act on them, considering she might not feel the same way anymore. I'm wondering if it might be weird to confess my feelings, considering we're not in the same city and might not physically be together for a while. I really like her, and I've been pining over her for months now. Should I just tell her that? Make it clear how much I still like her? I'm scared it might be too intense and might scare her away. Please help. Intensity is sort of the name of the game (laughs) in our
2: little world. Yeah, this is actually a really tricky one. When I was reading it at first, I'm like, you know, you guys are talking on Zoom. Like if you only spent a little time together pre-pandemic, but you're still keeping in touch, then it must have made enough of an impact on her that she wants to keep talking to you. I don't think you should declare your love or tell her the extent to how much you're jonesing for her. Those are details she doesn't need, but you can definitely be a little bit overt and tell her that you really like her and that you hope to see her soon. And that maybe you two can hike wink, wink uh, (laughs) more often. And yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to play it totally cool and just pretend like nothing happened before. I'll tell you a little story. (laughs) Back when I was in college, I went on uh, a really great date with this girl, and I was very into her. I thought she was really cool, very attracted to her. We had a great date, ended with a great kiss. I was just flying high after that date feeling so great. And then it was winter break. And then over winter break, we didn't really talk much, but I was thinking about her the whole time. Uh, and then I was trying so hard to play it cool and not seem like too into her because I, I don't know. I was just uh, very nervous. I was kind of on a break from another relationship and just really bad at this kind of stuff. And she started seeing someone else. I think because I was maybe playing it too because I wasn't, uh, yeah. you know, like she didn't think that I was really looking for what she was looking for because I didn't say anything. Right. So, more yeah. of the story. we said don't tell her the extent of your feelings, but
1: also don't play it cool and confuse her in that way.
2: Yeah, because if you're playing it cool, she might be wondering the same thing and might be thinking that you're not into her and you know what, if you tell her how you feel or if you just say that you like her and she thinks that that's too intense, then that's like a red flag anyway right. and you're no worse off for it. You don't want to be with someone who's just like, what you like me? Ah, like, why are you psycho? Like that's shitty. Yeah, You already kissed. So the door's open to have just a basic conversation like that. Yeah. Flirt, get your flirt on. Yeah. Right now it's the, the flirty fun stage and just keep flirting, compliment her, do your thing. And I think it will work out and hopefully she'll move back from her temporary <laughs> move as a lot of people uh, yeah. have done and you'll get to hang out again. But yeah, I don't know, anything else to say? Mm, yeah, just plan a date. Like you're FaceTiming,
1: you're doing a lot of oh, things yeah. that couldn't be... You know, interpret it as a friend hang or, uh, you know, just make an o- overt date. Ask, Do a Zoom
2: date. Yeah. We had a couple do a Zoom date on both of our Zoom shows, on our Zoom Pride show and our Halloween show. Yeah. The Pride show, it was, I think, a first date was over Zoom. Oh, my Zoom. God. I forgot Remember? about that. Yeah. Okay, here's here's
1: what you do, and then because we did also have a long distance date on our you Halloween show, yeah, and we are planning a Dyke the Halls Christmas or holiday
2: show. Yes, no, no, uh, we're allowed to say Christmas now. <laughs> it might change with the election melody, but right now, okay, use yeah, the word true. Christmas while you can. <laughs> so perfect opportunity. This is not a shameless
1: plug. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying, really, just ask her on a date. Yeah, don't no more confusing hangs. Just you know, do a Netflix watch hang if you don't want to wait for Dyke the Halls. I get it. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a great suggestion. So try that and get back to us. Let us know how it went. We would love to hear a follow up on this one. And best of luck to you. Well. Now I can say with confidence, you can follow us on TikTok. On TikTok! At Taking Out Podcast, and there will be something there. And I think now that we've popped the cherry, we're going to have the confidence to keep humiliating ourselves more. At least that's how I feel every time I post something online. Just pure humiliation. (laughs) But I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try to put all the queer TikToks I can think of we ripped the band-aid carolyn did great she even
1: threw a filter on
2: <laughs> i think i accidentally she made a singular edit yeah
1: and we're only gonna make more from here <laughs> that's diking out podcast on tiktok there's legitimate
2: content officially and then everywhere else, you can follow us at Diking Out. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn for a mix of creepy and non-creepy photographs. And you can follow me at
1: Melody Kamali. You know, I did just watch The Social Dilemma. So if you're on a much needed break from social media, get that too. But once you're back, I'll be there at Melody Kamali. Definitely watch that documentary though.
2: Thank you so much for diking out with us this week. And we will we'll see you see next, you next Tuesday.
0: Tuesday. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my family on the story train with Calm Conductor Birdie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.